I am so glad you are here with us this week to listen in on my conversation with Kimberly Moore. She is the founder of Beyond the Chrysalis Life Coaching, a former teacher, a fellow Gen Xer, and a creativity advocate. I think you'll enjoy this far-ranging conversation about all matters Gen X, what women do for everyone else, what we do for ourselves, and how creativity benefits us along with community and support from the right people when you're ready to make a change. I'm glad you're here to enjoy the conversation. Thanks for listening in. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so happy you are here with me this week to join my conversation with my fabulous friend, Kimberly. Kimberly Diane is a former teacher who uses, who uses her love of art and helping others as a life coach in her current iteration. She helps Gen X women rebel against the expectations of others and rediscover who they are so they can live life on their terms and feel free. She believes in tapping into your creative energy and letting your inner child out to play because she wants out. Trust her on this. Kimberly, thank you for joining me, lovely. Thank you for having me, Susie. I'm so excited to be here today. So now I have two questions to start us off. But first, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. So tell us how you came to this space from being a teacher what called you into coaching and working with women who are Gen X, which is right where we land in the generation spectrum? Yes, it is right where we are. So <laughs> <laughs> I was a teacher for 16 years. And um, along the way, um, I developed heart disease. And then I had another scare. And I was, I kind of realized life is really short. And teaching wasn't like it was when I started. There's a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of other things. So although I enjoyed the, the students, I didn't feel like I was making the impact I could. And there was just a lot of stress, which wasn't good for my health or my mindset. And so I decided I wanted to be able to make an impact. That's what I'm on this earth to do is make an impact. So why don't I go help women who are my age, even if they don't have a health problem, who are maybe staying in something because that's what they've always done. Because that's why I stayed way longer probably than I would have if, you know, I had, you know, thought about it sooner and help them get out there and live their purpose. Do what brings them joy. <laughs> mm, joys. Well, it should be what makes the world go round. Money can just take a back seat. And so I agree. 
You and I share notes often on this interesting phenomenon that Generation X kind of seems to be totally forgotten. Like, I guess we weren't loud enough. We didn't take up enough space, putting my little elbows out. Um, mm -hmm. So, so, so help us like fill in the gaps. Where, where do we land and why do you think folks just tend to not, not be paying too much attention to us? So we've been called the Jam Brady generation, and I kind of like that. So I think it's <laughs> kind of nice. So we are wedged between two huge generations for some reason, and I'm not a sociologist and I don't study all that for a living, but I've done a lot of reading. For some reason, we're only a 15-year generation. The baby boomers are huge. They're a huge generation. I think 45 to 64, I think. And then the millennials were after us and they're like 1980 to, I think up to 2000, I think. No one, like, if I get this wrong, like don't get in my inbox about it. So then- <laughs> And it differs. X, According to different sources, like differ. those numbers fluctuate. So I try to look at the, like the sociologists and the different, like the people who have been studying the trends. That's where I try to get. So Generation X is pretty much 1965 to 1980. And so it's 15 years. So it's a small generation. And the two generations we're sandwiched between are both very loud generations. And Generation X is just over here like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think because that's it. I like that too. We are whatever. <laughs> yeah. But we grew up disillusioned to everything anyway. Like we were just like, okay, this is how things are. Um, whatever. And, and we just did our thing, you know? And so then the millennials came along and they're not a quiet generation. And I've done a lot of reading on the generations in the workplace. And just to summarize, like the baby boomers are cute because they're trying to figure out the technology right and then the millennials are very loud about their demands like they want the foosball tables and they want this and all these things to be there and gen x is in there just with a strong work ethic like even though we were known as slackers when we were younger we grew up this work ethic but we're passed over for promotions because we're not loud we go in and we do our job with a very strong work ethic and then we go home but we're not getting promoted. And this is just like a summary of some research I've read. Right, exactly. And you know, bring it in the comments. Let us know if you feel this is true or not, or maybe you are, um, we affectionately dub them Zoomers. You're a boomer that's a little closer to the Gen X vibe. And certainly there's some overlap with the millennials um, because these, uh -huh. these kind of definitions or delineations are, hmm, perhaps arbitrary, but sociologists do what they do and they get to put these things on paper and call back to that. Um, but I agree to your point, you know, we kind of got tagged this, you know, like whatever kind of a vibe, we kind of sat back and watched what was happening. We watched a lot of TV. We were the latchkey kids. I don't think millennials right. were really allowed to, you know, walk themselves or bus home and then self-monitor until the parents got home from work. I think that was already maybe more frowned upon. They had to bridge those They gaps. weren't free range. We were free range. They were yes. less free range. Yes. yes. Exactly. And, and it has a really big impact. We sought our own influences 
a lot of it was media because cable TV became mm-hmm. a thing. MTV was born. Mm-hmm. The computer wasn't born, but it certainly, that's the first time it showed up in our homes, right? So, so, and we're not really digital right. natives, but we learned technology. We learned how to put it to work mm-hmm. for us. Whereas the next in line always had it and more in the current iteration. We saw a lot more, we lived through a lot more of the evolution of home computers and what they could be used for. Right. I never thought I'd have a computer in my pocket. Like we couldn't even imagine that I'd I'd be able to like Google something and not go to the library and look at the car catalog or get an encyclopedia. Like we never thought that we'd be able to do that. Right. When I was in college um, and moved off campus, I lived in a house with six other people and we had one computer that we Mm -hmm. shared amongst all of us because it was only ever used for writing papers. And those right. were like taken from notes written on note cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've come a long it. way, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel it because I'm like, yeah, I didn't have Google when I was in high school in the beginning of college. Like we were, we were figuring it out. I think I had the CD, the Encarta CD that was like the encyclopedia. I don't know if you remember that. So like I had one of those, but nothing like, that is like instantly it updates with new stuff. Like you do, you know, you can go to Encyclopedia Britannica and if something happened, they've already updated it online. Yeah, so very different. Yes, yes, we have indeed come a long way. And I think, you know, in our generation, um, a lot of the boomers got into positions that were solid with companies Mm -hmm. that took care of them and got into a, tenure track isn't the right word unless they were teachers, but got themselves lined up for pensions, right? Right. Those investments added Mm -hmm. up and they had the time to accumulate. Whereas I believe we in Gen X may have started this trend of more short-lived careers, really following or being called to do different things that serve us when possible, right? Trying out different things, but then with age and families coming along and responsibility, you know, that flexibility was more limited. And now we're in the sandwich generation spot as Mm -hmm. our parents are aging and starting to need a little bit more support. The kids may be growing up and moving out of the house. I know your son's about to head off to college. So that's a super big shift. Yes. Empty nest time. Yes. And that's actually something I work with clients on too, is like when you've been just someone's mom for 18 years, and now you're going to be yourself again. And it's like, oh, what do I do now? I got to find a hobby. You know, it's just something. So it's good that I have my hobbies. Like I've already established that, but not everyone has done that. So I also think it's interesting. I just want to point out though, like I just read the the baby boomers are like, they all have all this retirement and all this, but Gen X hasn't like, they're not, they're not very wealthy. Like not, and I'm not saying there aren't wealthy Gen X people, but they're just, they don't have all the pensions and all the things. And then the baby boomers are going to leave money to their millennial children. But then some of the, it gets so weird. Some of the Gen Xers have baby boomer parents, but some of us have silent generation parents. My dad's a silent generation. And so my mom's a baby boomer. So it's just weird to see how all this works out. And there are trends and not everything's the same for everybody, but it's interesting to see like, this is how things kind of, like we can relate to each other based on like, because of when we were born. I don't know. It's interesting to me. 
It really is because, um, you know, there are just themes or trends. And to your mm -hmm. point, I know so many people and it was one of the things that drove me to leave the work that I was doing, make a total pivot and get into holistic health and start talking about stress because I saw what happened to people who were aging out of their homes, losing their independence because of health issues and didn't have resources available, who had limited retirement mm -hmm. or financial stability. And I agree with you. I think that that kind of opportunity or that flexibility that we had, or maybe being authentic, right? We weren't going to give one to the man. I always think of this line in a John Cusack movie where he tells his girlfriend, his prospective girlfriend's father, right? All the ways in which he doesn't want to buy into capitalism. He doesn't want to sell anything bought or sold, right? You, we'll right. see if we can find a clip and link it. It's a great rant. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, you know, it's, I love that we've, taken that step to follow our hearts and we've got to take care of ourselves as well, right? Our well-being, our peace right. of mind, as well as that, what we're getting in the moment. So whew, lots of tirades. Thanks for indulging me in that little I need to add one thing. So what I'm seeing yeah. though, like in our generation, there's some of us that are doing what you and I have done. And there's some people who are like, no, my degree is in X. I've been at X job for 15 years, 20 years, and I'm just going to do X, even though I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I'm miserable. I don't like it. I, but I'm just going to keep doing X. That's what I got a degree in. And like, because I hear that from my parents, you should be teaching. You got a degree in teaching. Well, you know what? No, because <laughs> that's not what I should be doing because obviously I'm healthier and happier now doing what I'm doing but they're of that old school mind, but there's some people in our generation that are like, no, I'm just going to stay in this box because this box is safe. This is what I've always known. This is, you know, stable to me, but it makes me unhappy. So it's like, how do you want to spend? And we're, we're called midlife now, even though I feel like I'm just getting started. I don't like to use midlife, but Gen X is in midlife. Why would you spend the rest of your days miserable? So that's where I'm coming from. Yes, absolutely. And that I, I agree 100%. I think a lot of people, whether it's a career that doesn't serve us anymore or work that we don't find inspiring, um, but we tell ourselves, well, I'll just work until I get this promotion or I'll work until this date on the calendar and then I'll make it my turn. Then I'll find out what I want to do next. Then I'll do something that lights me up. Then I'll pay more attention to my health, my happiness and what have you, right? So we really get kind of focused on what's in front of us right now and lose that perspective of where we are driving ourselves to with this, right. this focus on, all right, I'm not loving it, but it's safe, it's secure, it's whatever, right? Not much longer. Mm -hmm. I'll just punch in, punch out. <laughs> but you never know. Like, that's what I found out with my heart condition. You never know what's going to happen. And my thing I used to say, I used to say to people, my biggest fear is that I'm going to pass and people are going to say I was a sellout because I gave in to capitalism or I gave in. And that, that's just how I, you know, I didn't want to be a sellout and people are like, Oh, you shouldn't worry what others think. Yeah. But I didn't want to be a sellout. Hello. Gen Xers don't want to be sellouts. I was going to say, gonna be a sellout. <laughs> again, reflective of the people in our, our generation talking about my generation. Yeah. Yeah, truly. And so I think um, at a point, 
we need a cheerleader. We need someone to reflect back these things that we're saying that we don't hear waking up on Monday, wishing it was Friday. We're wishing away Mm -hmm. five days of the week. How long do we think that's going to hold up? So in your work as a coach and as a guide to help people reconnect with their passion, light themselves back up again, at what point do you find people kind of what's, what's the last straw or what helps them take back permission to say, it's time for me. It's time for me to come first or at least figure out where that went and what she might like to do. Well, for me, they're already in burnout, which they're already overwhelmed, exhausted. Um, they, they feel unmotivated. They feel helpless. Like they've waited too long. Like they kept just saying, oh, I'm stressed. Stress is normal. I'm supposed to feel this way. I'm not supposed to like work. That's another one from my parents. Oh, you just go to work. You don't have to like it. Um, <laughs> it's a four letter yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, no, you should like what you do. But usually like, they're just so just like a shell of who they were by the time they're like, oh, I need to do something different. Or they've had a health scare or, you know, they are like, oh, my kids are out of the house. What am I going to do with myself? Now it's time to do something for myself or you know, something, you know, to me, it's like taking something monumental. And by the time I left, like it was already three years after my last health scare, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So it wasn't like I was laying in the hospital. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna do this anymore. It was like, I tried to keep doing it. And I'm just like, what am I doing? And I wasn't present for my family. And I look at those like three years and I'm like, I was there physically, but like, I wasn't there. And so I feel like there, the, the women who, who, who need to come to me and who seek out this kind of help, they're like, just so just helpless and unmotivated because they're like, it can't get better. This is it. This sucks. This is what life is going to be. And they don't have to get to that point. That's right. We don't <laughs> have to get resigned. We don't have to... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it comes from kind of putting ourselves last when you've got a Mm -hmm. family to take care of, you know, that's first and foremost, right? You've got to do all of this never ending list plus work if you do both. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, I'm going to try not to curse. I don't, I don't know why I just want to be frank when I'm on the air with you. Um, But I can't believe how society feels it's okay to judge women and to judge working mothers. In a hand, mm-hmm. or to judge stay-at-home moms. In both right. aspects, people are getting it. You know, whether how could you leave your children and have a career outside their house, or how could you be defined simply by raising your family? And it breaks my heart to see my friends in both sides of that conversation. Or in our in our generation, and this will be interesting numbers to take a look at and to see how many of us didn't have our own children and raise a family because there's plenty of judgment that comes down on that too. You know, there is. And I have several friends in our generation who decided not to have kids and they always have to answer that question. And I don't even think anyone should ask, when are you having kids? Why aren't you having kids? And being told, Oh, you're going to regret having kids or not having kids. You're going to regret not having kids. And, and I'm just like, motherhood doesn't have to define us because like I said, you're an empty nester and then you're trying to figure out, okay, I'm not, you know, Alex's mom anymore. I'm just not her. Who else am I? And that's why I'm like, I have hobbies. I take trips like 
with girlfriends by myself. Like I still do like, I need to recharge my batteries or I'm no good for him. And so, and that's been the, and I was a single mom 14 years, just him and I, when he was a toddler, you know, forward. And even then he'd stay with his grandma and I'd get a weekend away because I was no good for him if I didn't take care of me. And we, women do give and give. And then there is that stigma. Like even me going out of town with a toddler, like without a, you know, I leave him and I go, well, what are you doing? You left your, okay, well, you know why? Because I'm tired. (laughs) I need a break. (laughs) I need to not be thinking about the sleep schedule and the food schedule and the activities and the, you know, productive entertainment and the answering the endless questions, right? A two day retreat, mom deserves it. Yes. Yes. And you know what else is interesting about our generation and, and that, but I want to bring this back around. So there's a six part uh, series that National Geographic did, and it's called Generation X. And it's amazing. And it was, I think I saw it originally on the National Geographic's channel because we have cable and I want to see where I could stream. I want to watch it again, but they talk about how some members of our generation, and they didn't pick out which parts, didn't like the free range parent parenting where our, our parents were going to go hang out with their friends. We were going to go along. Maybe there'd be other kids there. And if not, we better entertain ourselves and not bother the grownups, you know? And if there were other kids there, we just played with whoever was there, probably running around outside doing whatever. And that's how we grew up. There was no organized play dates or anything. And so then helicopter parenting, parenting, I'm having trouble with that word today, was born from some Gen Xers feeling like they were cheated out of a childhood. So they overscheduled their children. Now, I never overscheduled my son. I told him, because we were on our own. I'm like, you need to learn to entertain yourself. Um, <laughs> you need to. We got and, that, right? Absolutely. Right. And when a mom from his school would call and want to do a play date, sure, I'd, I'd do that. But it was just so like play dates it was just so weird and then you'd be hanging out with this mom that you didn't know and 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 maybe you you were just different I don't know anyway so but that was like I'm like what was wrong with how we grew up like we had we had better social skills because we were forced into situations with people we didn't know and we had to play to entertain ourselves and not bother the grown-ups and just like you know so I suggest that documentary to everyone because it explains Gen X a lot, but um, I forgot why I went off on that tangent, but it, it's, we, we take care of everybody. We do all these things. And a lot of it is we feel we have to, and social media doesn't help. Um, mm-hmm. Among my friend group, I had Alex, my son, when I was 25, they waited later. And so then I see them all on Facebook having these Pinterest birthday parties. Like they're trying to outdo each other like making all these things. And I'm just like, his first two birthday parties were just at my house with like, whatever, like, and I just bought Party City, like Elmo decorations one year and Blue's Clues. Like, I wasn't trying to make all these favors to send home with everybody. Cause like, he doesn't remember that. And I could just see the competition. And like I said that, you know, they waited, but like there's mom competition. It's like, why are you spending your time on mom competition and not taking care of yourself? Mm, there's a little something to sit with because I see that too. I see it. And when, you know, then there's the party for every kid in the class, that's right. 25 Mm -hmm. gift bags to compare yourself to when it's your Mm -hmm. kid's turn. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And and again, just like I, um, oh gosh, I've just talked to too many people today. So I think I'm going to refer to something that wasn't part of our conversation. <laughs> um, and then I lost it. I chased it away. So apparently it didn't need to be a part of ours. Um, but I think <laughs> that, whoop, um, I think it's really interesting to see how these influences trickle down and show up. And definitely this whole advent, right? We came of age. I mean, I think I joined Facebook after college, maybe like five mm -hmm. years after college yeah. when I was working on my own, but I was moving around a lot working in theater. And it was a great way to stay in touch with people who I didn't see all the time anymore, right? Mm -hmm. It was a point of connection. It wasn't a point of comparison. And now, mm -hmm. you know, when I hear people say, well, work-life balance is a myth. I'm like, is that because you think it has to look like someone else's picture of it? Like, is it because you mm -hmm. don't know how to define that for yourself? And this mm -hmm. comparison game is going to land and, and turn the tables on us. Like, no wonder people are kind of withholding judgment or looking over their shoulder, like afraid to make a strong choice because mm -hmm. so much influence assessment, judgment, what have you. It's hard to shrug that right, off. Right, right. And I try to tell people, you know, what you see on social media isn't the whole picture. You're only seeing the good parts. You're not seeing the struggles. You're not seeing, you know, the bad things. You're not, you know, all that. It's not on there. So you can't compare your life. You're not seeing what they're going through. So that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But you know, instead of trying to compete with other moms on social media to make these pretty party favors, take care of yourself or to have this elaborate, like, you know, my son just graduated high school. And then I'd see these other moms with high school seniors and they're doing these elaborate, you know, we didn't do an elaborate party. We went to a restaurant with, but you could have a party, but it was all this like fancy stuff. And I'm just like, I think that's more for your pictures than it is for your graduate they'll eat whatever cookies you give them, give them their, their, their gift cards and their cash and let them go on their way. They want to hang out with their friends. Um, <laughs> well, think about it. We were teenagers yeah. once, right. you know? So it's like, I think it's more for pictures. Some of the stuff I see, and I'm not bashing everybody who does. Sometimes I go, my son said I'm extra, which is the word that means you just do too much or whatever. He said, you're extra, but, and so sometimes I am. <laughs> but I think sometimes you need to put your stuff in perspective. Yes, perspective is powerful. And like I was saying earlier, it's really helpful to have somebody who can reflect back to you. Like, is this authentic? Is this aligned? Is this somebody else's mm -hmm. importance, you know, mm -hmm. landing on what you think you need to do for yourself or right. you need to put yourself after X, Y, and Z? Got to put That's our oxygen mask on yeah, we're going to rebel against the expectations of others. It's only because, of course, Gen X is going to rebel, but it's only your expectations that matter. Right. We get to define that for ourselves. And so you yes. said earlier, too, um, with burnout versus stress. So how do you delineate the difference there? Because I think that's a pretty big gray area and people will minimize burnout and maybe sometimes kind of blow stress out of proportion. Although I, I would say, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. We need to really be truthful about the stress that we're feeling. Oh, of course. So stress, there is a difference between the two. Stress is too much and burnout is too little. 
and we need stress to function. Sometimes I procrastinate. Sometimes it's the stress that I put something off that gets it done and it's done so beautifully. And I don't know why I do that to myself. <laughs> we write that paper okay, overnight so and we hand it in. And it's perfect. Like, oh, wow, I didn't think I wrote that great, but okay, great. Um, so there's some stress we need to function, okay, every day. We need it. We can't just go through life with, without any, we'd get less done. I think that's my opinion, but burnout is too little. So stress can lead to burnout, but it's not the same thing. And with burnout, when I say you have too little, you have no hope, no motivation. Like you're to the part where you're like, this is, this sucks. This is awful. It's never going to get better. This is how it is. It can lead to depression. It can lead to physical ailments. So that's the difference. It's not just extreme stress. It's when you've gotten to the point in your life where you lose hope. Because when you're stressed out, you're like, as soon as I finish this project, I'm not going to be stressed anymore. And that's usually the truth, right? Mm -hmm. You finish whatever project it is or whatever you're working on, no matter what your job is, or even if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're like, I'm going to get through this laundry and I'm going to get it put away and the stress is going to be gone. And that's usually true. The stress is relieved when the project is done. But with burnout, like you can't even believe that anything, any relief is coming. Right. And, and that's, that's my understanding too, is the difference is you can, you can find relief from stress, whereas burnout just lasts, it just lands on you when it lasts mm -hmm. and it's hard to find your way out. And at that point, it certainly is hard to find the resources mm -hmm. and be looking for the help, which is why it's so important to to understand where our limits are, to understand before we're in the thick of it, how we can support ourselves and feel more restored and come back to balance, you know, what that looks like, what we're going to call in for ourselves when we need it, right? We need that emergency preparedness plan. Right. That plan that is there for when we need it. And what I did though, so I wrote this ebook and I could sing, send you the link, but it's, it's a short ebook called um, From Burnout to Bliss reclaim your joy today and it has a little quiz in it that I came up with called stress versus burnout and you answer you rate feelings and and it gives you a score and it shows you where you are and then what you do is you flip to that section of the book and oh my score was this and you read these are things you can do right now to start to feel better and then I invite people who buy the book to do a discovery call with me so we could talk about their score and talk about things they can implement and um, do so they're not feeling burned out because no one wants to feel hopeless and unmotivated and all those other things. You want to feel joy. Even if you're tired from a long day, you want to be able to have hope that tomorrow is better. But when you're in burnout, you don't have that. You know that tomorrow's just going to suck just as much as today did. That's how you feel. So anyway, just throw that out there. It's at an introductory price of $8. It's a great resource to have. Even if you're not stressed right now, you kind of have it there in a PDF. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Let me see if it's just normal stress or if, if something else is happening. So, and what I did is I created the quiz when I was still teaching. And I scored really, really high. And I retook it last year and my score was much lower and I was yes. in the normal stress range. So, and it's not just because I created the quiz. It was like, wow, look at all these things that have improved in the last year. So 
And I love, I'm definitely a fan of getting those snapshots so that we can see where we're coming from, where we're moving ourselves mm -hmm. to. And it can be mm -hmm. for the better, maybe for the worse. And sometimes seasonally it gets worse. Certainly if you live right. up North, you know, that can have an impact, the seasons of family, of work, everything adds up. But I love that, that you have already been able to reflect and see a shift. Mm -hmm. And, um, and two, I think it's a terrific resource because just like you say, when you're in the weeds, you don't know what to do for yourself. So what a gift right. to be able to just take a look and say, oh, that does sound really good. I could do that for myself right now. That's an easy mm -hmm. shift that I can make. Because I was talking with a mother and she said, oh yeah, self-care, that's great. When I get home from my late night shift, I've got everything done in the house. I sit down with five minutes to me. I'm supposed to think of something to do for myself to make myself feel better. Like, no, the brain is done. I'm spent. I can't, I don't have those resources. So I love tools like this that help to yeah. bridge that gap. So you can find relief without being hard on ourselves. Like I can't think of anything, I guess. Right. Again, right. that comparison game can't even manage right. self-help. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to talk about self-care is not massages and bubble baths. Like there's so many things like I was doing word searches before bed because it relaxes my brain and I get so focused on finding words that I'm not thinking about whatever worried me during the day or like with my son moving out, that's a worry on my heart like daily right now. And so I do word searches before bed. My brain is so focused on finding words that it's not thinking about the other stuff. And then I go to bed. So maybe my subconscious may still dream about it or something, but that's self-care, like that simple. I didn't go get a massage or a bubble bath or, you know, anything like that. I was just doing a word searches because I found something that relaxes me and brings me joy. And that's what self-care is. Yes, it's that simple. And it's powerful too, because so many people, when we're stressed out, we have a hard time falling asleep. We can't turn off the mental mm -hmm. chatter. We try to unwind in front of the television. And then the blue light is getting our circadian rhythms out of whack. Mm -hmm. The content of the media is not really calming us down. So there's like so many sneaky, fabulous ways mm -hmm. that that little, you know, that activity that you landed on is perfect. And I have a book. I'm not doing it on an electronic device. Yes, you can, but looking at that light before bed is no good. And I took my phone out of my bedroom three years ago. It's in another room. Um, and that has been one of the best things I've ever done. So here's to that. I'm still working on that. I put it in a drawer and pretend like that's a healthy distance. But yes, getting the phone away from the bed can have a huge impact, especially when you're stressed. Um, if you're worn out, if you're not uh -huh. feeling well, when our immunity is low, those electromagnetic frequencies have a greater impact on us. So don't mm -hmm. underestimate the benefit of just putting the phone in another room, go old school and get an alarm clock. Oh yeah. That's what I did. And then my parents have had my partner's phone number. So there's an emergency, but they're also with iPhone, their favorites. And so if they call, when my do not disturb is on, it's going to go through. And if my phone's ringing in the night in a room that's right next to my room, I know, okay, it's either my son, which right now he's in the house, but when he's at, it's either my son or it's my parents. So I'm going to get, we're going to get up and answer that because there's a reason my phone is ringing because I have it on do not disturb. So um, big game changer. And I'm not looking at social media right before bed and making comparisons like we were talking about. Yes. So it's just finding something. Yeah. So um, see, it all goes together. 
it all comes together. Now, I don't want to lose the opportunity to talk about yes. one of your regular events that I have had the lovely luck to join you in. You have terrific little creativity workshops. So why do you think that creativity is important? Okay, so just a small piece of background. I have a master's degree in early childhood and child development. And so I know with young children, activating the other side of the brain, the right side of our brain, puts us in a good, puts children, you know, that's how they learn, that's what they're doing. So as we grow up, we tend to stay at our logical brain and we tend to do things that are not as creative. And so by taking time to activate that other side of the brain, you become a better problem solver, a critical thinker, you become, um, I don't know, you just have fun and relax. It does relax you. So you can't focus because people go, I'm not creative. You know, and I'm like, no, you don't have to be creative to do this stuff because by doing something new, you are being creative, number one. Number two, it's all about process. And when you're in the process, I'm, I'm writing up a, I was writing up a little blog post. So when you're, so you guys get a sneak peek at this. When you're in the process of creating, you are not, too worried about, like I was talking about the word searches, you're not worried about whatever problems you're dealing with. Because we're all dealing with something every day, whether we got to find a solution for something at work, whether, oh, my kid got in trouble at school, whatever it is, I had a disagreement with my spouse and, you know, whatever it is. But when you're in the process of creating, you're not focused on that, you're focused on the process. But what your subconscious mind is doing, it then may still be working on the problem. And so then, you may come up with a solution without even trying to come up with a solution because you're in a creative space and you're in that other side of your brain. So that was a long answer to your question. But that is why creativity, like, and, and I'm such a nerd with research and I love brain research, but that is why creativity is a great way to practice self-care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the unintended benefits of creativity just go on and on. You know, when we move into that other way of thinking, you know, we can pull ourselves out of that stress response because our mm -hmm. focus is so narrow when we are stressed and mm -hmm. we are stressed by the notifications, by our schedule, by the demands on us, by what, how are the finances, right? I mean, that list is endless. So by making time to play, mm -hmm. to get creative, we help to pull ourselves out of that. I call it the hamster right. wheel. We get on a hamster wheel and we can't get ourselves off of it. You know, we just get ourselves all spiraled up. So it's powerful. And I, and I love joining you in these little workshops that you host every month because it's always different. So if one mm -hmm. thing doesn't appeal to you next month could be completely different. And if you love it, you can keep on playing in that little genre or medium or with that theme. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I try to come up with different things. So like in August, wait, August. Yes. August, we're doing like collage where we're cutting out paper and we're going to manipulate it on a thing on another paper and like glue it down like little pieces of paper. And we're going to talk about color wheel and complementary colors and all that. And then we're going to do some kind of watercolor, I think in September. So mm -hmm. see, it's something totally different. And, and you always get this piece of art. It really doesn't matter what it looks like when it's done because you've got to enjoy the process. And what I do in this is it's not like, oh, let's make art. I always bring in something deeper as a coach that we're going to look at. You know that from 
mm-hmm. from attending. So it's like, like November, we're doing gratitude collages. And so we're going to really dive deep into what are we thankful for? And like, let's not just do surface level. Let's really look and, and look at different areas of our life. And what are we thankful for in these different areas? You know, so, and now let's make a collage about it because you can hang it on your wall behind you <laughs> or in front of you. That's usually, I usually face that wall, but you can hang it up. So it's like that visual reminder. I love having visuals. I need visuals for everything. And so like making the art is also serves as a good visual. Exactly. Exactly. The experience creating it, the, um, the lasting project that you have, if you mm-hmm. love it. And if you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to keep it. You have permission to let things go. Yeah. Yeah. But what I find too, is I also go back to that space that I was in when I was creating it, you know, remembering Mm -hmm. the conversation or the aha moments, you know, those Mm -hmm. things that we got the topics to explore as we're creating together. Um, You know, we like back in the day, the ladies get together Mm -hmm. and have their quilting bee, right? Mm -hmm. Or their coffee group or their book clubs and book clubs are coming back again, but you know, and and it's, it's terrific on, on many levels. And so that's why I love that Mm -hmm. opportunity that you've created for folks to come together. It's a good way to set aside two hours to do something for you and to do something a little different and just to try something out and just be in the process, live in the present moment of the process. And like you said, if you don't like it, you can recycle it, throw it out, whatever you're going to do with it. Uh, give it to your kid and tell them to hang it up in the dorm room. <laughs> Cut it up and make a collage out of it next month. Yes, anything. Yeah, there's so many. So it's just so just to focus on that process, to be in that space and to be in a community of women. We need community. Community is so important, especially we saw that after this last, whatever, 15, 16 months. Like I couldn't believe how much I miss community and being around people. So being able to create that on Zoom has been wonderful that we can chat. And then we all have, even though not everyone knows each other, we have some kind of things in common just by chatting and we're able to talk about things. And it's just wonderful because then you get that community. Yes. Yeah. And it's so important. That's one of my passions too, is helping, Mm -hmm. helping to re-engage and come back together in community because we are all connected and this illusion of separation can be so painful Mm -hmm. emotionally. And it, you know, can in, in my point of view, grow into disease, right. As stress grows up. So community is hugely important in lowering stress in I mean, as women, we need to talk things out. That's one of my friends always says, you know, you have to say it so that as it's coming out of your mouth, you're like, yes, that's right. Or nope, that's not right. I need to keep working on that. Right. So it's all about processing as well as supporting each other too. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Very much so. So I'm glad I have a creative space for people where there's community and where we have fun. And so it's called the Creative Spark. And there's a new one every month. And on the website, I always keep six months at a time. So you can see what's coming up. You can plan ahead, save the day. You can, and you can bundle and like save some money too. That's so smart. <laughs> yeah, you can get a bundle of three months and save $15, yeah. 
I love it. And thank you for sharing these awesome resources. Obviously the creative spark sessions are super mm -hmm. exciting. And if y'all come and join, you might see me there. And um, I love that you've created this resource and it's, mm -hmm. it's such a bargain to have something that you mm -hmm. can take your snapshot, see where you are now, look at some resources mm -hmm. that'll support you, come back to it as you need it, you know, or when right. you don't need it, just to see how you're doing compared to where you've been coming from. Right. So helpful. And you can see your own progress. And then I'm always there to support you. Um, if you, you know, my contact information is there. So you can reach out to me and be like, oh my goodness, I scored an 88. What am I going to do? Because it's on a scale of one to a hundred and the higher your number, the more burnt out you are. And I'm, I'm like, breathe and we're going to come up with a plan. So yes. <laughs> yes. Kimberly is so available and a phenomenal <laughs> listener, a terrific guide, pretty <laughs> awesome you. cheerleader. I Thank love cheering you. people on. I love seeing people reach their goals. It's so like, it's so exciting to me. Yes, it is. It is. And we deserve more cheerleaders in our lives. Yes. I agree. Less judgment, more cheering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make that a cheer. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to share that I didn't give you a chance to circle around to? I don't think so. We talked about right. so much. I, well, I guess I just want people to know I do see clients one-on-one. -on -one, so I have the monthly, but just so, you know, you can reach out to me. We could talk more about that if you want to know more about it. Um, so I do see clients one-to-one -one, and I'm just like excited to get on here and have this conversation. We talked about so many things, Gen X and women and stress and burnout and creativity. Like this was so much fun. Thank you. Well, and I think it's important too. I love to spotlight people who are doing brilliant things mm -hmm. and, you know, personality is so important when you're looking for somebody to support you. Mm -hmm. So if you caught this episode, if this speaks to you, if it resonates, if Kimberly lights you up, how does she not, <laughs> then there's ways to get in touch. <laughs> The website link is going to be in the show notes, super available. And Kimberly's always available to, well, you know, within healthy limits. Yes. To serve and support. <laughs> I am here with boundaries. <laughs> We're all a work in progress, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We don't have it all figured out and that's okay. But if we're, if we're moving forward in the right direction, that's going to serve us, then we're doing fabulous. We are fabulous. Thank yes. you, my love, for joining me today. It's been such a treat. Thank you so much. Take good care of yourself. You too. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining. <laughs>